You're listening to the Quicker Than Fast podcast with your hosts, Michael and Robert Hardwick. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quicker Than Fast Podcast to stay up to date on NFL news, information regarding episodes, and to join the conversation. And why not hit that like and share button on our Facebook page? And thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, pull out your hair ties. It's time to let your hair down and truly get funky. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 18 of the Quicker Than Fast podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Hardwick, joined by my brother, Robert. Hey. And we did it. We made it to the last week without football. We, I, I, you know, as we're recording this, we're, we're just a week out. Yep. Um, and, and hopefully as you're listening, a few days remaining before the season starts, Thursday night, the first game of the season, the Chiefs and the Texans, the playoff game from last year where... Obviously, we know the Chiefs went on. And hopefully your fantasy teams are all set. You're feeling good about the upcoming year, and hopefully it lasts a full year. Absolutely. Hopefully we can get through week one. I know there's 20% fan attendance in the game as of right now, so we're, we're going through almost as normal, and we're excited. For episode 18, we wanted to bring you the last of our projections for the upcoming season and do the NFC standing. Uh, we did the AFC a couple episodes ago, so go back and look or listen and see what we have projected for the AFC. Today we're doing the whole NFC, uh, so sit back and listen and enjoy. We're just going to dive on in. Um, and I think we should start with one of the tougher divisions in football as a whole being the NFC West. You know, we have the Seahawks and the Niners, uh, the Cardinals and the Rams. Last year, we know the the Niners having kind of a surprise season. Some people were calling it, but really outplayed, I think, what, what people projected. And we saw them, uh, you know, ultimately going pretty far in the playoffs and making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, and, t- and top to bottom, I mean, it's, it's really heavy. The Rams only two year removed from Super Bowl. You get the 49ers in. The Seahawks re- not far removed from a Super Bowl win and not running the ball. But I really think it's going to be a tough division this year. And we're going to do our rundown on what we think of teams here. We're going to start with number four, who we think finished the bottom, bottom of the division. Again, tough division. We're going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Again, two years removed from a Super Bowl loss to the New England Patriots. We have them sitting at 6-10 and 10 for the upcoming season, which – Again, is way off from where they were two years ago. Michael, what are your thoughts on why the Rams 6-10? and 10? Well, I think we started this off with a bang, a little bit of a surprise, a team that some people say could be coming back, could, could trying to get back into the playoffs, get back into a run. I mean, last year, if we would have had the extended playoffs, they would have been a playoff team. But we just think that this team, in refusing to invest in the offensive line, losing Todd Gurley, and granted bringing in Cam Akers, we love that for fantasy, we love that just long-term potential, they didn't address the, the offensive line, which – we know Goff and that McVay offense is predicated on that offensive line. So to be good, they need good line play. And last year, he struggled. And they gave up a lot for Jalen Ramsey. So yep. they're really expecting the secondary to get a little better. I mean, you still got a beast of a defensive line there in Aaron Darnold. You're hoping that uh, Jared Goff can really take a step up and be the quarterback he was a couple of years ago. He shows glimpses of 400-yard games. But can he do it consistently and really lead that offense, which the wide receiver core can be potent at times. But we're just not sure on what season's going to play out. We think they're going to finish the bottom NFC West. Well, to start the season, I mean, they have to play the, the Cowboys their first game. So that you know, you're talking two really good NFC teams playing against each other. Then you go to you have to play the Falcons and then the Seahawks. You know, if you don't show up, you could lose three games to start the season. Lucky for them, they get to have the Browns and the Giants next. Yep. So And so we'll move on to a team that we think is going to be kind of up and coming this year. Finished at the bottom of the division last year. But we're going to go with the Arizona Cardinals taking a step up 7-9 and nine this year. 
Uh, we think Kyler Murray, as I talked about, if they have a little better season, maybe an MVP hopeful. Michael, what do you think on the Arizona Cardinals 7-9? and nine? Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to contradict ourselves. If, if uh, Kyler's going to be an MVP candidate, they, they can't be 7-9. and nine, But we just are trying to be realistic here. We think he takes that kind of step, but at the same time, it's a young team. It's a young team that has a lot of talent. But again, in a tough division, they're going to lose close games. And I think that's the, the interesting part to see how many of these close games or these games they lose, can they be within three to seven points, which shows success for years to come. Yeah, and it might be more realistic, a Kyler Murray, maybe like offensive player of the year, because what concerns me about the Cardinals is that defense. Can they make stops for an offense that might be explosive this year? But we're going to move on to a team, number two here, talk about a defense, no concerns. Michael, what are your thoughts? San Francisco 49ers, nine and seven. Yeah, well, I'm actually going to be a little bullish on the um, on the Niners here. I'm going to – I really think that this is my team. I think you have a team later you want to talk about, but this is my team that I think is actually going to underwhelm. So if I had to just go on a limb, I think this is a team that doesn't make the playoffs this year after being in the Super Bowl last year. A little bit's a Super Bowl hangover, and the rest of it also is how the roster didn't – I didn't see any improvement. I saw a roster that got rid of Matt Brieta, but, yes, they still have running back depth. Debo Samuel's probably out for the rest of the year. Um, we're seeing – DeForest Buckner traded essentially for Javon Kinlaw, and all reports are Kinlaw's not progressing like they expect. Here you have Richard Sherman, who's getting older. I just think the team lost quite a bit. Um, And with the Super Bowl hangover, with a tough division, I'm going to put money that the Niners do not make the playoffs next year. Even though they're going to be a a tough team. Yeah, and the Super Bowl hangover is real. You look year after year. I mean, those teams really take drop-offs. The Rams, for example, I mean, run the NFC West. Question we'll call in New Orleans, but end up really falling off last year. I, I'm a little bit higher on the Niners. My only concern is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, there's fanfare around him and making it to the Super Bowl. But again, he's a play-action quarterback, hands the ball off, throws 15, 18 times a game at most. And it's really if he can complete all those passes to make 150, 160 yards. Now here's a question for you. Let's say, let's say uh, I'm correct in this and the Niners do have a down season. Do you believe that we're seeing a potential spot for Aaron Rodgers in a year? Yeah, I I, I really think if Jimmy G shows that he he can't push the ball down the field and they're really dependent on that run game, I think it's the chance for all the wrongs to be made right for Aaron Rodgers where Alex Smith was taken and he goes back home to the Niners. Yep. I think, I think we should go on to the number one team now, uh, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Now a team where – I'm expecting them to outplay expectations. We talked about Russell Wilson being an MVP candidate. I think this is the year. We have him in at 12-4, and four, which would put him in that position, potentially being the number one seed in the NFC. Let me know your thoughts on the Seahawks. Yeah, again, uh, no preseason games. You got a shortened training camp, mini camps, and Pete Carroll's been there so long with that defense and offense. I really think it's time, again, for Russell Wilson to shine, and it's time for him to get those MVP votes. But I think the Seahawks run that division – they're not, they're not in those close games maybe that they were last year, and they start to blow some people out that they weren't before. So that wraps up our discussion of the NFC West. We see the Seattle Seahawks as a 12-4 and team, as the team to win the NFC West this year and really be a threat in the playoffs, in my opinion, which we'll discuss a little bit more later. I think we'll move to the NFC South now, maybe the division with the most, most change like we saw this offseason, and that really is just because of, obviously, Tom Brady at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we hop into that, I think we should talk about maybe the team that's going to bring up the bottom of the pack, number four team, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Now, I think we're being a little generous with them. We don't think they're as lowly of a situation as maybe other people are projecting, the pundits in the news. 
Give me your thoughts on the Panthers. We have them sitting here, I think, 5-11 and 11 is what we project. Yeah, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he showed last year with the Saints that he could come in and win games. He's not going to take over games and throw for 300 yards. But I think with Christian McCaffrey there, he could really be a game manager. And I think it's going to result in wins. Unfortunately, they're in a tough division. And they're going to have to look outside the division to get those wins. And my biggest fear really is just offensive line and an entirely new defense. I mean, of course, that's the backbone of all teams. So it's scary in that regard. But I like Matt Rule as a new head coach. Obviously, I love DJ Moore. But, you know, bringing in Robbie Anderson, you have DJ Moore, who I believe is going to be a, a pro bowler for years to come. A very good number one. You still got Curtis Samuel. Um, and then, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, great running back. And just how long can you rely on Christian McCaffrey is a real yeah. question. And I really think the Panthers are sitting in a position signing Christian McCaffrey a long-term deal. But they're in a position when the Bucks lose Tom Brady again, the Saints lose Drew Brees, and the Falcons are slowly falling apart. The Panthers are really priming themselves this year to be at the top of the division again in two or three years. Well, not to mention they, they were the first team in years to do an all-defensive draft. So you're talking even if you can hit on half of those picks – to then have a really young defense to go with what would be a pretty young core. Um, and, and don't, you know, I still think this is a team that could potentially be in play for a Trevor Lawrence, for a Trey Lance, um, and Justin Fields come next year. Yeah, we'll move on to a team where maybe not as young of a core. We'll go to the Atlanta Falcons. We have them sitting third, seven and nine. Again, the Falcons are always kind of that 500 team that shows at times that, hey, they could really be a playoff team then absolutely fall off. Again, not a huge fan of Matt Ryan. I really think the coach is going to be gone after this year. They played for him at the end of the year to really secure a couple wins to get his job back. But I think that defense has really fallen off over the years compared to what they used to be in that scary defense. A lot of injuries there. Yep. Again, they bring in Todd Gurley. I don't know how much that's actually going to help. I, I like Devontae Freeman when he was there. And I really thought they had a good two-headed monster. But – I think the Falcons sit third place, the NFC South. Yeah, I think in, in fantasy relevance, like they're going to be a team that helps fantasy more than they do for your you know regular season Falcons team. It's They're going to have players put up points. They're going to put up points. They're going to be in some games. But I think that defense is going to let in so much. And I just think this is where you start to see a Matt Ryan regression. Yeah, and Matt Ryan will do Matt Ryan things, put up the numbers and yards and everything to make it look like, hey, I'm an elite quarterback, Matty Ice. But really, besides choking in the Super Bowl, He's never really done anything with his career to begin with. Yep. I just think, you know, we're starting to see, you know, the the, the downfall here of the Atlanta Falcons with change to potentially be coming. Um, but again, they're going to be a team that, that's going to help you fantasy-wise, I suppose. That moves us to the number two team. Now, I, I didn't want to fall into the trap of saying that the Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. That's been something I've been trying to stay stay away from, stay realistic, that we're not having offseason or, you know, preseason games. These guys are going to need a while to connect which is why we put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at our number two team in the NFC South at 11-5. and five. But they keep adding pieces, and it's starting to get hard to not say this team can make a deep run. As most people know, they picked up Leonard Fournette now as their newest addition. So we go with, you know, we got Rob, Rob Gronkowski, there's Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Tristan Wirfs in the draft to go with Godwin, Mike Evans, and then this tight end trio that they have there. Yeah, and everything's really coming together. I really think the pivotal piece in this is Bruce Arians. I mean, he's worked with veteran quarterbacks in the past, and it's really worked for him. I think Tom Brady's going to go out there and feel as free as he ever has playing football. But with all the weapons they've developed around him, it's hard to really think 11-5. and five. The reason for our thought of this is no preseason. So it's going to take him a couple games, I think, to really get rolling. The back half of uh, the year, I really think, is when you see him take off. 
they start with the Saints right away for the year. I think the Saints are going to jump out and show that, you know, we're the more experienced team. They have the Panthers. I think they could win that game right away. But then they have the Broncos, Chargers, Bears, and Packers. Those I are mean, the deciding type yeah, of games. Yeah. They should win those. If those you're are the a good tough. Team. Those are the tough games where if you look at it, and you go, I could see the five losses. It might be the second half of the year that you go, okay, they picked up those ones. I mean, they play the Chiefs in there, but again, they don't have crazy games at the end of the year that really makes you think they're not going to be eleven and five. But I think with those weapons, you're going to look at fantasy impact in there. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, I, I would kind of stay away from Rob Gronkowski. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers, you know, that he did with the Patriots during his prime. It's going to be more of a name and show type of thing. But, Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just think the, under, the undervalued part of the, the Buccaneers is their defense. Todd Bowles has done a wonderful job there. I think you're going to see them see the emergence of some young players there at Tampa Bay. And I think, honestly, their defense is going to be just as, if not more important than their offense um, and I, I do think it's a team that if they can hit their stride midway through the season, you are talking a contender. Yeah, and what you'll see, I think, with Tampa Bay is, again, they'll get themselves into the playoffs, whether it's a wild card team, whatever it is, but they'll be rolling at the end of the year like the Patriots used to be. And the Bucks are a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. Yep. Now I think we'll move, you know, number one that leaves the New Orleans Saints. We have them at 12-4. and four. Now this is one of those teams that you could wonder – Will a Drew Brees regression hurt this team? Will the Alvin Kamara news in the media, you know, news about potentially being traded hurt the team? They might have the most complete roster in the NFL. I mean, that's not really up for debate between their offensive line, receiver core now with Emmanuel Sanders, uh, defense additions, my, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Zach Bond in the draft in the third round. They they added to places they were weak, but I think you made a good point. We were talking, Drew Brees could struggle late. Yeah, and we go from a team, you say the Bucks, where you don't want to see them in the playoff. The refs love seeing the Saints in the playoffs. And I really think Breeze, you look at him at the end of last year, and even with the weeks off from his thumb injury, by the end of the year, he really looked older. Fatigued. Yep. I mean, and so now you have where hopefully he plays a full season because we want to see more records be broken. We want to see him and Tom Brady compete. That's the whole part of this NFC South. But – when you get to week 15, 16, 17 into the playoffs, what Drew Brees are you going to get? I really don't think they have the umph to get them into maybe the NFC Championship again. But again, we have them 12 and 4. I think they come out of the gates firing, Michael. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking this might be Drew Brees' last year. And if that's the case, I think he's going to do whatever he can, even if his arm falls off to get him there. But with the mixture of Kamara and you saw how well Latavius Murray did running last year. And let's not forget Taysom Hill could throw some and could take some time from away from Drew Brees. They can try to save some of Brees' arms. So the year. let me ask you this out of the last three teams we talked about Saints, Bucks, Falcons, who's the last quarterback standing on those teams and with their respective NFL team. For me, it's, I think it's Matt Ryan. I think it's an issue. Like, I don't think it's an issue. Matt Ryan is a more than serviceable quarterback. And he has his ups and downs, but just because of age, I think he's the last one standing. And I think ownership and GM, they're going to let Matt Ryan do what Matt Ryan wants to do in Atlanta. Because, I mean, really, besides they've, they've struggled as a franchise with quarterback play, Matt Ryan's been your most consistent guy. Yeah, so we'll move on to the division and a team that we talk about maybe some struggling quarterback play over the years. We're going to talk about the NFC East here. Again, teams that duke it out every year, year in, year out. Teams with disappointments like the Cowboys. Teams like disappointments this last year, like the Eagles, maybe. 
We're going to start with a team four who's or fourth who's really hoping for a brighter future, a name change, and it's the Washington football team. Michael, what are your thoughts? Four and twelve for the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's going to really hinge on Dwayne Haskins, who was announced starter, and I think rightfully so. But I just think this this Washington football team, when you're talking, you're trying to make culture changes, you're trying to make team changes, franchise changes, and still trying to focus on football. It's a dangerous combination for you know for success. I think they're trending in the right direction with finally doing the name change, bringing in a, a successful businessman to try to help with this team. And I think they've done pretty well in the draft. We've liked the Chase Young addition. We've liked Montez Sweat last year. I just think it's going to take some time for that to work, and I do not think Dwayne Haskins is the right quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, we send thoughts and prayers out to Ron Rivera as he's dealing with cancer. Yep, absolutely. Things like that. There's, there seems to be so many distractions with them. And again, the NFC East, even when they're not a top team in the NFC East, it's a tough division to be in. Yep. I mean, they beat each other up. It's rivalries across the board, not just the Cowboys and Eagles. I mean, Eagles hate the Redskins. Eagles hate the Giants. It's, yep. it's all around. And I, I really do think Dwayne Haskins kind of takes a step up this year. I think he's put in the work. I think they're really helping him out. But that defense, to me, has always been solid. I'd like to see it really take a step up again this year. Before Alex Smith got hurt, what were they like? Six and two. Yeah. So they were trending in the right direction in the NFC East here. But we're going to move on from the Washington football team. Hope they find a name here sometime soon. And we're going to move on to the New York Giants, sitting third in the NFC East here, six and ten. Just, uh, what is it, two years removed here? One year from Daniel Jones, number six overall pick by Gettleman. Yep. Um, I'll start with this one. I, I do like the direction the Giants are going. little interesting coaching staff they brought in. A little unexperienced with Judge from the Patriots, who is a special team coach. They need to solidify that offensive line to be able to get Saquon Barkley going. That's what the offense is all based around. I do like Daniel Jones. He showed out last year Danny Dimes a couple games. But they're going to have to get more solid on defense. There was games where they were putting up 30 to 30-some. But they're really going to have to start shutting down teams, especially when you got teams like the Cowboys and Eagles. Michael? Yeah, I mean, we just talked backbones of NFL teams are defense and offensive line, and that's the two biggest issues with the Giants. And I think that, you know, they've got skilled position players. They've got a fantastic running back and a young quarterback who I think can be a franchise guy. Um, and I just think, though, they're going to lose too many games in shootouts, and they're not going to be able to protect their – potential franchise quarterback and all pro running back. Yeah, so let me bring this up to you here. We hope that it's 6 and 10 or better for you Giants fans out there. If Daniel Jones struggles or if the Giants struggle in general, do they move on from Daniel Jones, pick up a quarterback and a quarterback heavy draft this year with the unknown of a lot of these quarterbacks not playing in college? What are your thoughts? I think we've we've talked about this and it's an ego is going to get in the way. And it's Dave Gettleman not being able to say he failed. So he's going to hold on to Daniel Jones as long as he can until he doesn't look like he's going to get egg on his face. And I think, you know, if Daniel Jones struggles, he'll be able to find some way to say that, you know, it was injury that got him out or offensive line play. He'll find a cop out and he's not going to move on from a quarterback. They could rather go offensive line in the good offensive line draft or maybe get an elite pass rusher or wide receiver for Jones. Yeah, good thoughts. We're going to move on to number two here. A quarterback that's been injured the last couple of years, really trying to get a full season in and see what he can do with a very talented team, especially running back, wide receiver. We're going to do Philadelphia Eagles here, second, NFC East, 9-7. and seven. Michael, this is your team. Give us a little insight into the Eagles season. I really thought the Eagles were going to be the favorites for the NFC East this year. They're the one team that's had the stable co or head coach. Doug Peterson's the only one returning with experience. Mike McCarthy, you know, first year in, in Dallas. 
uh, Joe Judge first year in Giants and Ron Rivera first year at the football or Washington football team. So that was a, the big selling point to me was consistency with the Eagles. They've been in the playoffs three years straight. They've won the Super Bowl and they're competitive. The problem is we're already seeing the injuries rack up. Brandon Brooks, all pro guard out for the season. We're seeing Andre Dillard, their first round pick at tackle last year, already out for the season. First round pick Jalen Rager already out for four weeks, potentially. We just we're already seeing injuries pack or pile up and we haven't even started yet. And that, to me, is concerning, knowing that this team struggled with it last year as well. Yeah, and give me a little bit of a rundown on their defense. Potentially secondary issues here. I know they trade for Darius Slay, a great trade, Detroit yep. Lions. But you got the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll give the New York Giants, their wide receiver core is very good for Daniel Jones. But you have Amari Cooper. You have CeeDee Lamb. You have a defense here who notably in the past, has been very good at locking down very good offensive players. Do the Eagles have that type of team this coming year? I think the Eagles have a very underrated secondary, but one that's going to have its its troubles throughout the season. They bring in Nickel Roby Coleman from the Rams, who is one of the best, if not the best, slot corner football behind Chris Harris. And then they bring in Darius Slade, one of the best man-to-man shutdown corners. And then on top of that, you know they have Avante Maddox, who's coming into his second year, had a scary injury last year against the Packers, otherwise was looking really good at the beginning of the season. They're going to be a young core that are going to have their trials, either have their errors. I just think they're going to have games where you're looking at an elite secondary group, but then one that struggles, and I think Dallas will expose them for that. Yeah, so we're going to move on to number one, NFC East here. This is going to be almost everybody's NFC East favorites, maybe the NFC favorites for a lot of people. Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys. Michael, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Yeah, to me, Dallas Cowboys just have too much talent on the roster and were, were showed too much last year for me to believe that couldn't happen again. You know, one of the best offenses of football till late, and they did choke, but I think it's a team that learned from it. And I do think Mike McCarthy is going to give them a change. I think that's what they needed by getting rid of Jason Garrett, a defense that we know is improving. And again, I just think now that they're getting healthier on the O-line and all the skill position players they have, I hate to say it, but I do think they win this division, a division that usually changes its winners from year to year. Yeah, and I think Dak Prescott, as long as he can stay healthy, will really put up big numbers this year, get himself paid. The person that I think regresses a little bit is maybe Ezekiel Elliott. Mike McCarthy, not known for really running the ball while he was in Green Bay. Not saying that they had great running backs like Ezekiel Elliott, but bring in CeeDee Lamb, who's electric, made Oklahoma, I mean, untouchable at times with the quarterbacks he had. But... I think with pairing him with Amari Cooper, that defense, especially the linebacking core, is really good. I mean, they bring in some good pass rushing there. And so I think they're really going to be able to get after quarterbacks this year, which really the defense lacked last year. And they're going to be able to control the ball when they want to with Zeke and be able to pass the ball when they want to. Do you think, do you you believe Dak Prescott is back at the Dallas Cowboys next year? I do. I think Jerry Jones, I mean, he, he likes his toys there. He loved Tony Romo. And I, th- I think it's going to turn into that situation. He's not going to get what obviously Mahomes gets, but I think he's going to be a top three paid quarterback in the league. And I think it's going to be because it's going to be because he puts up huge numbers this year. And for you Cowboys fans, you haven't heard this since the '90s, but I think you're going to sniff the Super Bowl this year. Wow, I really hope we don't see that. But we're going to move to the NFC North, the division that we we see again a lot of rivalries in the NFC North. We saw last year the Packers lead that division, I believe, at 12-4. and four. Um, Some close wins there, which you can look at either positive or negatives. But we're going to look at the negative of that division, that's the Chicago Bears, who are yet to announce their quarterback as of the date of recording. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. 
I just think they have to give it one more chance before they can completely call it a failure. But, I mean, as the Eagles biased, I think Nick Foles should really be their starting quarterback day one. Yeah, and so the few Bears fans that we probably have listening out there, there's not many of you. I mean, you're still feeling sick from not taking Patrick Mahomes as he's getting paid crazy, getting engaged, all the good things that Mitchell Trubisky isn't in his life. But the Bears' defense is good, but you can't be on the field every down in a game. They don't have the wide receiving core, I don't think, that Mitchell Trubisky can really push the ball down the field with. David Montgomery had a groin injury yeah, here. Be, be out and the and of the those are the types of things that you go, oh, it's it's training camp. That's not a big thing. But it it lingers through the whole season if they don't get it right. So I really think that offense is just really struggling. You can't find a kicker that can kick. Your coach is incompetent. I mean, he, he thinks that he's one of the best offensive minds in the league. And as a coordinator, he might be. Sure. But as an offensive coach, he really lacks keeping up with you know, these other NFC coaches that we have. And I, I I just don't think it's a year where unless their defense is putting up a ton of points that they're winning very many games. Um, we're going to move on to another team here where a coach is on the hot seat coming to this year, really hasn't had, had great support from the locker room over the last year. Detroit Lions, we're going to go 5-11. and 11. Matt Patricia, Matthew Stafford's coming back from injury. Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really like the direction the Lions are going, but I do not like Matt Patricia. So it's a it's a it's hard to want to root for him. I, you know, Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift. It's a good young running back pair. Hopefully, one of those guys has emerged as a workhorse for him. Stafford, of course, has been one of my quarterbacks I've liked in the NFL for years now. Kenny Galladay, I think, is the guy that's going to make the biggest emergence as a wide receiver this year. And so, of course, for fantasy purposes, if you can get him, get him. But as just an NFL player, I think he's going to show. He deserves being the category of top wide receivers. Yeah, and I'll step outside the box here. Um, you always have those things that you want to put your name on at the, at the beginning of the year. Really hope they don't fail on you. I, I'm going to step out and say Detroit Lions have a chance at making an NFC wild card team. 5-11, um, and 11, you're like, that's nowhere near close enough for a wild card. This is, this is combined between our thoughts here. But you bring in Matt, back Matthew Stafford. As long as he's healthy, I think is going to be able to put up big numbers this year. You got Marvin Jones, you got Kenny or Kenny Galladay, you got TJ Hawkinson. I really think that that offense is gearing up for a big year compared to like the Chicago Bears, who have a really good defense. I think you would prefer to go. I have a really good offense. We're going to be able to throw the ball all around. Again, what is lacking with the Lions is what can their defense be after losing Darius Slay? Yeah, I think. I mean, you. Bring in Jeffrey Okuda, which as long as Jeffrey Okuda is what he's supposed to be, it's a little bit of a lateral move. But you lose Glover Quinn last year. You traded him to the Seahawks. And I just think there's as long as the defense can – can, they don't need to stop everybody but slow people down and let their offense do what it's supposed to do. I do think the Lions are one of those teams that as long as the you know the schedule plays out right, they could, they could sniff a playoff. Early. Yeah, and Lions are those teams where you go – you turn on the TV, flip to a game and go, oh, my God, the Lions are winning. Against, you know, like the Packers. They they beat the Packers multiple times where you go, oh, this should be a blowout game, and that's not the case. But there's also games where you go, oh, the Lions should win this game, like the Cardinals last year, and all of a sudden they're losing. It, they just need to find consistency. The only problem, like you talk about, is Matt Patricia. So there's been rumors this year about, you know, Matt Stafford. Is he going to stay with Detroit? Should he have gone to San Diego? Where should he go? Michael, do you think Stafford is with the Detroit Lions next year? I think Matt Stafford will end his career at the, at the Lions because I do think they're going to have enough success that he sees the direction being positive. Yeah, and let me throw this at you. 
from down south, went to school there. If a Drew Brees retires, do they take a look at a Matthew Stafford over a Taysom Hill? That's a good question. I just don't see Matt Stafford getting out of the Detroit that bad. I thought I thought that L.A. going to the Chargers was his best option this last year. And I think uh, I think by, by staying in Detroit, he's made his decision that that's where he's going to retire at. Yeah, and so we'll move on to number two here. Another quarterback that maybe have better options down the road after the loyalty had been pushed aside in the NFL draft. I'm going to put the Green Bay Packers here at number two for the NFC North. I know Michael has issue with this. And we, I have them at nine and seven this year. I really feel like a lot of those 50-50 games last year that were won in the last two minutes may not go that way this year. I have a lot of trust in Aaron Rodgers. My only concern is when the coach wants to run the ball with a three-back committee, what's going to happen? And it's yet to be seen. I'm excited about the defense and what they're bringing. I think Jair Alexander at cornerback really takes a step up this year. They showed last year against the Vikings multiple times that they could get to the quarterback. Unfortunately, everybody ran into the 49ers. Michael, I'll let you make an objective uh, guess on the Packers season. Yeah, I think the Packers don't repeat at 12-4, and four, but go 11-5 and five and win the division. I, this is really the one, the one spot we've disagreed um, in, in this projection for the NFC. I just think the Packers, when you look at the two teams between the Vikings and the Packers, the Packers are the ones that didn't get any worse or lose anybody. They signed Devin Funchess and he opts out. Okay, they still have the same wide receiver core than last year then. Packers fans have been bitching that they don't have targets there, but they go 12-4. and Boo-hoo, I wish I had that problem. Here, I think we see an Alan Lazard step up, right? If I think he's now in a prime opportunity to do that. Um, and I think you're seeing that a team adds an A.J. Dillon at running back, so they have running back depth. And you see a team that didn't lose anything on defense, unlike the Vikings, who, yes, just traded for one of my favorite players in Yannick Ngakwe, but also they have both their defensive talent that they had last year, defensive tackle leave. Now, one of them, the one they bring in to help replace that opts out. They lose all three starting corners, and they lose Stephon Diggs, and they might have Dalvin Cook sit out. So putting them as division leaders with all that turnover, I think is uh, it's optimistic. Yeah, and Alan Lazard, I mean, he's going to – I think he has a big year. He has the trust of Aaron Rodgers like you talked about in previous episode with the Fantasy Outlook. What really concerns me is no tight end really to speak of down the middle of the field. Not that Jimmy Graham was one before. But I think when Aaron Rodgers really looks for that safety blanket in the red zone, and it's been a long time since like a Jermichael Finley, those types of players. But – He's always needed that again, and he's never found that consistency. I hope Aaron Jones in a contract year really – I mean, he had a great year last year, got snubbed from the Pro Bowl until he was voted in later. But if he can have another year like that, I think you could really possibly talk about them being an NFC North leader. And it always ends up being like a one-game type of deal with the Minnesota Vikings. So we're going to leave it that way. Minnesota Vikings 10-6. and six. And this is nothing against the Vikings and their defense and offense. And, you know, they, they've built good chemistry over the years and they know who they are. Michael, give us a thought on the Vikings. Yeah, I just I, I just shared my thoughts about Minnesota. I thought they lost a lot. You lose your three starting corners. You're going to have a young cornerback group with Grant has upside, but you're going to have you're going to have some some bad times with them as well. Good safety still. And yes, two elite edge rushers in Yannick Ngakwe and in Daniel Hunter. That's something to be excited about as a Vikings fan. But an offensive line that's still still learning a quarterback that you have to cater to in Kirk Cousins. And anytime you talk, t- start telling me a quarterback can only play in a certain way or succeed in a certain way, I get worried that coming down late when a quarterback has to win you a game, 
Yeah, that can't it, happen. And it'll be interesting to see what Justin Jefferson is for him this year after losing Stephon Diggs. I know there was a lot of tension last year between Cousins and Diggs, but I, I really think he has his core there in Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen. And as long as he can find ways to get it to them, and you talk about Delvin Cook, you know, maybe not playing right away at the beginning of the year. But if they can get things going, get that play action going with a good defense, I think Mike Zimmer can get that secondary going. And I, I really do think they're an NFC team that could make a run deep into the playoffs. I personally, I believe that this is Mike Zimmer's last year. And I believe that they're going to be looking at somebody like Eric Bellamy to come in to coach that team. But I just, if Dalvin Cook even starts to play without his contract, you will not see Dalvin Cook running the same way again. Without a contract, to me, Dalvin Cook just doesn't, run the same way. He doesn't want to get hurt, right? He's going to be a little bit more timid on what he's doing for running, which is why he's potentially going to hold out. And yeah, we both like Alexander Madison, but Dalvin Cook is the lifeline to that team. Yeah. And I'll say this about the Vikings is what they tend to do is their defense is so good that they get turnovers on the opponent side of the 50. And so it really limits Kirk Cousins having to drive the whole field, which he's not great at. But if you give him those short fields, he puts up a lot of points as long as you keep him out from Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday nights, he's going to win a lot of games. And there's one thing we have to talk about here quick with COVID is just that we don't know when fans are going to be in the stadiums for full. Most of these teams are not having fans for the first two weeks. So it's going to be hard for me to believe that as long as everything's going okay, they don't just stay with the status quo and have no fans. And I will be the first to admit that that, that environment in Minnesota is a heck of one to play in. And I think that you have to look and say – do they have advantage at home field anymore? And to me, I think that's a huge part of the Vikings' success. Yeah, I agree. Now, one, the last thing we want to do, well, we'll get into the playoff breakdown like we did for the AFC, give you our thoughts on the playoffs, who we see meeting the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. But I wanted to let Robert make some picks on this upcoming uh, the next week's football, the week one of the NFL. Uh, we hope to bring you a week one breakdown where we talk a little bit more about the week, uh, the, the week one games and some fantasy impact. But, Robert, why don't you go through each game, give us your pick on who you think is winning the game. First one, Thursday night, guys. We cannot wait for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. In Kansas City, the first game of the season. Robert, do we have an upset? I don't think here's going to be one. Uh, Got to go Kansas City. They're celebrating with rings on and off the field. Andy Reid has a historic record when he has time to plan, whether it's bye weeks, whether it's off seasons. I just – for me, it's what are the Texans this year? And I think you'll see it this year. After really falling apart against the Chiefs last year, how does Watson step up? You lose DeAndre Hopkins. You still have an incompetent coach. And I, I it's Chiefs all the way. I'm not going to bet against them. Yeah, and I think most people, if we were looking at the betting, most people are going to go with Kansas City. Next game, we're going Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons. Already a team that we've talked about that we really, really like and a team that we think has a, has a down year. So where are you going? This is at Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to go Seattle here. I just think their wide receiving core is too good right now. Again, some questions at running back. I know Carson's been good. I want to see what Seattle's defense is. They they haven't signed Jada, or Jadavion Clowney. Nobody signed anybody. So what is their pass rush this year compared to the pass? I just I think their offense is too good. Russell Wilson's too good. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta came out and put points up right away and took the lead. Russell Wilson, though, is just going to come back and be Russell Wilson. Absolutely. If you guys didn't know, Josh Gordon is back in Seattle, and we're super excited to see him. Everybody's hopefully, partying. Hopefully, he can keep himself on track, and we can see Josh Gordon back in the NFL for longer than just a couple games. The next game, New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. You're talking Bills Mafia might not be there, but the Bills play pretty well at home. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, we're breaking tables at home. 
Uh, I got to go Bills here. I know everybody's like, where's your upset? Where's your upset? The Jets just have too many questions right now. I love Sam Darnold. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. But they have a young wide receiving core. Losing, losing Robbie Anderson. Uh, what's Le'Veon Bell? Does him and Adam Gase get along this year? What is their defense going to be like? Too many questions. Buffalo Bills by a lot. All right. Now to the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. We have a little bit of a, an upset here. I guess I don't know where the odds would be, but at Detroit, I'd like to think that until we know the starter from the Bears, it's hard to trust the Bears can bring. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions here. Um, again, I talk about them maybe and being a wild card team. I think they come out right away against a offense that didn't have a preseason to really get things going. Matt Stafford, he knows his receivers, knows his running backs. I think it's a win for the Lions, and I think it's a three-point win at the end. All right, that may be a Matt Prater game winner, that mm-hmm. sounds like. All right, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings. This is a great week one matchup. I think, to me, this game might set the tone of who wins the division this year. Yeah, so for those of you who know me, I'm a Packers fan. No. In-laws, my wife, Vikings fan. So, I mean, it's really sensitive in here and who I pick. I'm going to go Packers at the, the Vikings. Sleeping on the couch. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers at the Vikings here. I think without the fans there, the advantage goes to Aaron Rodgers, his hard count. You're really taking that element out of what makes the Vikings really good. Um, I think the Packers' defense being fresh like that is really going to fly around the field and make things, make things uncomfortable for Kirk Cousins. And yet it's yet to be seen what Justin Jefferson can do or Delvin Cook even being there. So I think advantage Rodgers. I think you're going to see a huge game from Devontae Adams for the fact that they lost Xavier Rhodes, Train Waits, and Mackenzie Alexander. All right, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. This could be a sneaky upset here. We've seen the Dolphins upset them in the past. What do you think? Yeah, and I'm not even going sneaky. It's the Dolphins all the way for me here. Um, I like what Brian Flores is doing there. There's going to be a little bit of Fitz magic right away. He's looking to keep two on the bench. I, the Patriots named Cam their starter, and I love that in New England. I think that's going to be great for Cam. He's going to do great, but it's going to take him a little bit wild or a little while to get the trust with Julian Edelman and that wide receiving core. They just let Mohamed Sanu go, so who's going to step up and really be those guys? And I think the Dolphins' defense is getting better. Dolphins all the way. All right, now my Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Football Team. To yeah. me, this last year, right? I'll just get a little bit of background. They played each other week one. Washington was leading through the third quarter. It took a heroic effort by Carson Wentz and by Deshaun Jackson to, to end up winning that game by, I believe, 10 points. Yeah, going. I think you're going to need a heroic effort again here. Um, you're looking to really see what Wentz can do coming back. Uh, they, they need to get the rhythm. There was some dysfunction last year in the locker room with the Eagles. Not that there's not dysfunction with the Washington football team, not even having a name. I think by the time the game's all said and done, it's probably the Eagles by 10. But I think the first half, Eagles are sweating with what the Washington football team brings them. I think my, my belief is that Miles Sanders, they finally have their go-to running back. He's going to set the tone early, and I know you're going to be a benefactor of that in your fantasy Absolutely. football team. Next one, Las Vegas Raiders, Carolina Panthers. I, uh, I don't know where to go with this one. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the Carolina Panthers here, and that's going to surprise a lot of people. But I think Teddy Bridgewater coming out with the experience – uh, the Raiders have had some injuries. They're really looking for Ruggs to be the guy from the get-go wide receiver. But I think the Panthers have the experience with Christian McCaffrey to really control the game on the ground, passing out of the backfield. So you Panthers fans, you might be able to start the season undefeated, 1-0, make it two. That's a win streak. All right. The new Indianapolis Colts or 
the new Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and the new Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they're letting everybody go. It's a tank for Trevor situation. I don't think there's any question here. It's 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 the Colts all day, and it's going to be a blowout from the get go. I know everybody's hyped around Gardner Minshew coming out again this year, but I think Philip Rivers really takes over. He's going to spread it out. All these people that are not really looking at Indianapolis Colts wide receivers. They're going to be big fantasy this year. Yeah, I hope T.Y. Hone can stay on the field because I'd like to see what he can do with Phillip Rivers there. All right, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore. Yeah, there's not much question there. Lamar nope. Jackson at home. I mean, you got to see something more out of Baker Mayfield. This isn't going to be the week for it. Now, here's an interesting one. Los Angeles Chargers or Cincinnati Bengals. Chargers announced Tyrod Taylor quarterback. You're in Cincinnati. Can we see some Joe Burrow magic? Yeah, and I, I like Tyrod Taylor. I've liked him as a starter for a and while. Had him on our sleeper yeah, episode. He's, yep. he's consistent. So I, I like the Chargers here with their wide receiving core. I want to hop on the Joe Burrow train. Week one just isn't the time to do it. All right. And we've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Another one where it could set up who the division winner is in the NFC South. Your thoughts? Do they get the first one? Yeah. What really hurts the Saints is not having a full capacity, you know, for fans. Because that place gets rocking just like you talk about Minnesota. It makes it tough. But I think the Saints win just because they're a more established team. I think it's going to take Tom Brady and the Bucks a little while to get rolling. But with Leonard Fournette there, if for some reason they can get him just running the ball up the gut, then who knows, they yeah. might be able to control the game. Now here's an interesting one. Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers. I think a wonderful week one, week one matchup. Yeah, and I'm high on the Cardinals. I really like the direction they're going. I think Kyler Murray's going to ball out this year. But I think the Niners are a more set team ready to go out of the gates. And I think Bosa is going to get after Murray, and I think it's going to make things uncomfortable. At the 49ers, I'm going to take 49ers. All right. Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys, of course, and the Los at the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and I'm actually going to do an upset here. I'm going to take the Rams where everybody might take the Cowboys. I just think Sean McVay, I mean, you've had all season to prepare for the Cowboys there. Jalen Ramsey's really pissed off looking to stop some people. I mean – uh, the, their defensive line's ready to go. And I think Goff is tired of hearing that, you know, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, all these guys are this much better than him. And they have a wide receiving core there, I think, that's really taken a step. So I'm going to take the Rams prime time. All right, Monday Night Football. I love saying that. Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants. Yeah, we're high on the Steelers this year. Yep. I think they make a deep run in the AFC, compete maybe with the Chiefs that we talked about in the AFC playoffs or championship, I'm going to take the Steelers. I think the Giants just have too far to go defensively. New coaches there. I mean, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger back together. Does it sound any better for Steelers fans? Now, one game I'm really, really interested in, an underrated game this year, Tennessee Titans, Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Broncos at Denver. I, I think the Titans have to get the mojo going again to get that streak going. I think once the season ends for a team that that's that is that good, they have to refine their identity. And I know Derrick Henry's a beast, but I know Von Miller's out there somewhere looking to hit somebody. I think it's an emerging game for Drew Locke to really put his name out there. And there you have it. That's Robert's week one picks for this upcoming season. A week away. I cannot wait to wrap up episode 18. I just wanted to go through then with what we just talked about, the NFC proje projections, what we look like for the NFC playoff picture. In, the, in our rankings, we have the Saints with the first week by or first round by, which would mean we are seeing a Seahawks versus an Eagles, Cowboys versus Packers, Vikings, Bucks. Seahawks, Eagles, where are we going with that one? Well, we got to go Seahawks here. Again, we're talking Russell Wilson, MVP. 
Um, the Eagles, you never know with them when it gets playoff time, but I think Russell Wilson's just too strong. Now we got Cowboys versus Packers. I know we've seen some interesting games between them here. Cowboys, Packers. I think if the Packers make it to this point, you're seeing a playoff team. I think pissed off Aaron Rodgers could get you guys going in the playoffs. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is, I mean, taking numbers and kicking asses, I think, this year. I, I think he's mad at the drafting of Jordan Love. He's trying to get himself to maybe the 49ers, a team like that. So I, I think they beat the Cowboys just like they always do in the playoffs. All right, now Vikings, Bucks. We're seeing a new team in Tampa Bay against the division winner, potentially in, in Minnesota Vikings. I know where my pick is. What are you going with? Yeah, I'll take the Bucks here. Same here. I, I, I think when they get to the end of the season, if the Bucks are in that position, they're going to be rolling with Tom Brady, kind of like New England was. The only concern is Vikings defense loves quarterbacks that aren't mobile, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers. So I think Tom Brady could be in a little bit of trouble, but I think the Bucks would squeak it out. That would mean the Saints play the Packers and the Seahawks play the Bucks. Saints-Packers, what's your choice here? Yeah, and it might be different here between you and I, but I'm going to go with the Saints. My only concern here is what does Drew Brees look like at the end of the year? My concern is when they have Alvin Kamara, if he's still there, Michael Thomas, that's just too much offense, I think, for the Packers' defense to really slow down. It's a lot of offense for many teams to slow down in the NFL. Well, and I think you made a really good point with Drew Brees fading late, and I think here's a situation where you see him fade going up against another elite quarterback, and I take the Packers. I think that pass rush at the Packers, the Smith bros, We'll get it done in that game. And I think, you know, Seahawks versus Bucks. I'm staying on that Seahawks train. I'm going Seahawks all the way here. Yeah, I'm going to – I'll agree with you. I'm going to go Seahawks. There's a lot of hesitation. I mean, it, it's always hard to pick your Super Bowl winners before the season even plays out. But I think with Russell Wilson, I mean, there's more experience in the Seahawks group than there is with the Bucks. And so I think ultimately with that wide receiving core, Russell Wilson finally stretches the ball down the field. That defense takes a step up. If they re-sign J- or Jadavion Clowney and they get past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that would mean we have a Seahawks-Saints NFC Championship game for you and a Seahawks-Packers NFC Championship game for me. Yeah, and I, I think we're both going to agree maybe here on who we think gets to the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Seahawks. I think it's time for them again. I think, honestly, it's Pete Carroll's last run in my opinion. I, I think if they get to the Super Bowl, he finally runs the ball and he he retires. Is it a Super Bowl winner? I don't think so, but I think that they show up in February. Yeah, I think Seahawks also advanced through, and that's why we're excited to, to, to announce we think it's going to be a Seahawks-Chiefs Super Bowl. I hope we're close. I hope we're right, and I just hope that we can have a full season. We want to thank you guys for listening to episode 18. The last of our preseason preview. I, I didn't think I'd ever get to say that. Uh, we, we're hoping to bring you weekly content, bring you you know, the, the weekly projections, some fantasy football updates. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to know if you guys want us being on the podcast, be on an episode. If you do reach out with a topic, something you want to talk about, email us at, quick, at uh, qtfpodcast at gmail.com if you have a recommendation or hit us up on Facebook. Please stay active with the socials. Everybody stay safe. And until next time, keep it sleazy. We're out. Yeah.